Uh, I am here with the filmmaker of this really interesting, and the title says it all, Cat Daddies, which is going to be playing at the Maui Film Festival uh, starting next week. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome our filmmaker, Mai Huang. Mai, thank you for coming on KTUH. Hey, thanks for having me, Crystal. <laughs> so you're chiming in from LA. Yeah, I'm in LA right now and uh, been on the road a little bit for my film and going to film festivals. And I won't be in Maui, but it'll be showing uh, virtually um, from the 6th to the 31st. Right. So you finished this film uh, last year. Is that right? Yes, I did. I started in end of 2019. Uh, we all know what happened in 2020 <laughs> in the middle of my my uh, film almost finished shooting actually um, when all that happened and then uh, kind of dragged on the process um, through the end of 2020 and then uh, finished post in 2021. So you're lucky you had most of the footage done before you got locked down so you could do the post-production. Yeah, a little more than half. So you know, even though while we were stuck at home, I could, I could, you know, edit a lot of it, you right. know, get a lot of it edited while we we're waiting to finish shooting. Okay, okay. Yeah. So before we kind of unpack this um, really quirky title, you know, Cat Daddies, which is really intriguing, um, can we go back a little bit to your your private life, your per not private, but your personal life? Like, you know, um, what was your upbringing like? Um, you know, what are some kind of pivotal things that you think shapes the way you see things now and why you um, choose to approach certain topics if there is a reason behind that? Yeah, so um, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. I was actually born and raised. I was the only one in my family born in um, in the United States. Wow. So I grew up with um, parents who lived through the war, who um, basically had to flee Vietnam um, and start over life all over. So um, so it was very it was very rough. I'd say I think there was um, you know again like I said I was the, I was the youngest of eight kids. Wow. And there's a huge age gap between me and the other kids. Ah. And uh, and so learning, you know, learning both languages is very difficult. And just um, just growing up in that environment where, you know, my siblings were like my memories of my siblings were they were already in high school and in college. And so um, and so I kind of felt like almost like an only child. I grew up a lot around the television, actually. My parents were working all the time. Um, they never learned English fluently. So um, so I, sp I just spent a lot of time in front of the television. They're also really strict and didn't really um, want me to do very much outside the house. Um, but the one thing they did allow me and my siblings to do was to go to the movies. So we went, so that was our, that's all we did really. And so then I just fell in love with it. It was something I always knew from a young age I wanted to be involved with. Um, and then I was making movies with my friends growing up, you know, with a video camera on VHS, it's really ridiculous. And then I kind of uh, pursued it in college. I studied film um, at SMU in Dallas. Um, it wasn't something my family wanted me to do, of course, um, 
uh, writing and sort of journalism writing and, and, and stuff was kind of like my backup. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought that I would be maybe a screenwriter or director. You know, that was kind of the, the dream at the time. And then um, it was just kind of, a, you know, like for everyone trying to start out with this business with no connections, um, it's really, really hard to do and hard to hard to be creative and also sustain yourself right yeah so, so you're tapping into a lot of different issues here i hear you first of all saying being kind of like the first generation vietnamese american um, of immigrant family um, grappling with kind of cultural issues growing up um, and then being asian female in the space of the film industry which is also a, another big you know kind mm-hmm. of challenge so how do you bring those two things together or do you kind of resist um because it seems like a lot of your work except i mean you you, you did do a, a film that was uh you i think you produced it right i will make you mine and that was more kind of centered around asian asian american characters but cat daddies is a completely non-asian story so um do you do you consciously resist topics that maybe are too close to home perhaps or like do you not want to do that kind of cultural aspect like you you, you want to do you want to push that away or is it because your life growing up um, as an American in in Dallas kind of informed you of the world that you wanted to address no actually the interesting thing is that um, I actually have a feature that I did more than 10 years ago um, called Viet and that one was actually mostly autobiographical and it was about um, it, it, it was basically about my life growing up um and my family and and sort of the issues of race and I, I i was in a um i was secretly in a in a interracial relationship when i was growing up secretly okay let's talk secretly, about that secretly. and then it kind of blew up <laughs> and um you know once that was discovered i was i was um like disowned from my parents for wow for real yeah so the movie is about that and it was really really scrappy movie made for maybe you know twenty thousand dollars super low budget it played some film festivals but never got distributed what year was that uh 2012 i think if that film came out today do you think it would be received differently Oh gosh, I I honestly don't think I'd have the courage now to actually put it out there. Why? Yeah. Mm, so interestingly enough, so like I mentioned, I was disowned, and then yeah. during that time period is when I made the movie. Okay. And then once I was in post with the movie, um, I started to reconcile with my parents. Okay. And then my parents passed away. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, and so I just don't think I would bring out the movie now. And and now I'm reconciled with the rest of my family, like we're in touch and all of that. And, uh, but yeah, I just think that because of losing my parents during that time and just the, the kind of painful, yeah, you know, <laughs> everything of it. Um, cause I lost maybe like almost 10 years with them. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, so that's what the movie was about. Um, that's harsh. I mean, yeah, I guess it was, I guess part of also what the movie was about was like, um, that 
relationship that I had turned very, very sour, actually toxic. Right. And um, because I was disowned, it wasn't like I had anything to go back to. Does that make sense? Um, Once that relationship ended. So it was a real, it was a real kind of push into independence, complete independence. Um, How, How old were you then? I was... 25 yeah i was i was completely on my own at that point yeah um i yeah i've been living at home for um yeah until i was 25 it was sort of like you you don't leave home until you're married kind of thing right (laughs) so you would say they're very strict traditional asian parents who kind of expected a certain way of being for 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 a proper daughter right for yes (laughs) right right so the secrecy i mean the idea that you needed to do it secret is because you knew how much they condemned this type of interracial marriage oh no i they i knew because uh my other brothers and sisters some of them were also disowned so they were not wow Oh my yeah. gosh, that's really extreme. I mean, like, yeah, you know, we talk about <laughs> grappling with interracial um, relationships in households that, you know, might kind of um, bring tension to the family, but to the extent of disowning, I just, um, I- I'm so sorry. But um, do you think that film was a way for you to kind of uh, transfer and to kind of, you know, come to terms with a lot of these things? Was there, oh, it was for sure. like, cool. yeah. If, if anything, it really helped me express that situation to the close friends that I had um, who maybe couldn't really understand. And a lot of them, I think, understood kind of what I was going through, mm-hmm. um, you know, after watching the, the film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, and, and there are a couple of people in the audience at some film festivals that told me how similar it was to their situation. And they thanked me and it gave them some hope to to break away from that because it was becoming it was almost becoming a cycle of of domestic violence or toxic toxic you know uh toxic relationships yeah and so um and so it's 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 a tough film too it's just a tough film it's a tough film to recommend it's like so funny that it's completely opposite from the cat tatties right i think um, you know, tying it back to cat daddies, the interesting thing and, and showing being on the road with cat daddies and doing all these Q and A's, I keep getting the question of like, you know, why am I obsessed with men and their cats? And, <laughs> and it's taken a while, but now I realize I can connect it to my family because I grew up with very stern father, um, and so all my life, I've just been surrounded by men who had aggression or were, or, <laughs> you know, un- or couldn't, couldn't be emotional, couldn't be vulnerable, you know. And so I think that actually started this obsession I have with, with seeing images and, and of men with their cats. It's just something that gives me like the spark joy um, when I see that. You see, there's always a reason. I mean, we can say, mm-hmm. like you said, on the surface, it looks like polar opposites of films that you made, but yet you are making that connection um, through the men who've influenced you in your personal life. And that's really powerful. And that's the beauty of, of, of speaking to a filmmaker like you is because when you just look at films that you create, nobody knows the backdrop, the context, the cascading influences that have kind of really shaped the way you've 
um, you know, created something. So if we, if you don't mind, let's take a quick break. Um, and if people are just tuning in, I'm talking to Mai Huang here, uh, director of Cat Daddies, which will be uh, screening at the upcoming Maui Film Festival. So we'll talk about that. Thank you for sharing all that personal information about your um, your, your family. Yeah, well, and I think your audience would, would could understand for sure. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for opening up your vulnerability because that that's also a place that uh, is hard to go to. Um, but as a as a filmmaker, um, that's where the, the space becomes powerful. So yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about your work. I'm back here with Mai Huang, director of Cat Daddies. And if you missed the first part, uh, we were talking about uh, my your first your earlier film uh, via is that what it was called via uh, Viet. Viet. Um, yeah, yeah uh, about your kind of personal traumas uh, in a secret inter interracial relationship, and you know it's hard for me to move away from that topic because I feel like that is so it's still relevant today because there's still so many uh, tensions between races race relations right now right and mm -hmm. um, why families and and um, I guess communities choose to feel that it is something that is not still not acceptable for whatever reason. Uh, before we move into cat daddies, I don't know if you wanted to say anything else about that. That kind of speaks to today, and maybe our uh, listeners who are maybe grappling with interracial marriages that are, you know, like based on your experience. I mean, who wants to be kicked out of the house because of somebody they fell in love with, right? And what do you do? Like, you know. <laughs> Do you do you defy your parents for the sake of love or do you do you do you not do you do things for respect for, you know, in the long run? Um, all I can say is like, I'm, I'm so glad that I reconciled with my parents before they passed away and they actually met my current husband who, um, you know, who is not Asian and and uh, and they accepted him and it was it was miraculous. Okay. And, and I don't even know why that happened, except that, you know, time, I think as we get older, you know, I think maybe my parents saw that we're running out of time mm. and they just put a lot of, they just put a lot of whatever emotions they had aside. Yeah. Um, okay. I promise we're going to get into cat daddies, but, oh, yeah, yeah, no. like, but you know, the fact that you have, you still have an interracial um, relationship, you know, your husband is, is not Asian. Um, is it, the influence of your upbringing, like because of being American here, I and mean, did you ever date Asian guys? Did you feel like there was something that you weren't attracted to because of anything that depth that that is, you know, I hate to to generalize like this, but you know what? No, I I actually there were quite a few crushes and on Asian guys or that guys I tried to date. I don't yeah. I, it it never worked out. It was on them, not me, and. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, my current husband is great. We just, uh, we're just really perfectly made for each other. Just all the similar interests that we have, um, taste in films. And, and that's the main thing is my husband is also a filmmaker. So we were really right. brought together by film. I, I always kind of, when I was younger, I always swore, oh, I'm not going to marry a filmmaker. That's just too much. Yeah. You know, but, I used to have a boyfriend and I never forget it because he said, you know, you can't have two directors in the same household. I'm like, what? Yes. You agree? Yeah, <laughs> too hard to. Yeah, and we argued all the time. Yeah, there was like this way of controlling and seeing things, and it was just—it's like two lawyers in the house. I don't know how they live with each other either. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So know. 
No, I mean, because like in a fil for filmmakers, a lot of it, a lot of filmmaking is selfish. A lot of it is I come first, <laughs> you know, and, and my career comes first and there's a lot of that. So it's hard to have two of those in the same household, but yeah. um, luckily he's great and we just support each other. So it's That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So did this cat daddies have anything to do with um, your kind of marriage? Like, do you guys have cats? Where, where did the cat idea come from? Yeah, it actually, well, I was always a cat lover my whole life, but um, um, my my husband, who I mentioned, he he was part of the inspiration for this because he was not a cat guy when we first were dating. Oh. Yeah, and after a few years, a cat found him. So this was not my influence at all. Some cat found him, kept showing up. He's like, what do I do? I said, well, go, go buy some food, you know? And it just kept coming back and they they bonded they're just like um he just loved that cat and and just thought it was the greatest thing and he turned into like this um this you know almost like a bigger he's almost loves cats more than i do i mean he's just he and he had no idea he and and anyone who knows him had no idea that he had this in him and i think it just goes to show that you know, you don't know what you don't know. And there are so many men out there who maybe don't know that they're, they could benefit from having a cat in their life. I think they've been conditioned for so long to not like cats or they don't really see that image. Um, it's just not something they grow up with. And so that definitely was part of why I wanted to make the film. Again, I find a lot of joy from seeing men taking care of their cats. I don't like, it's just, you know, a cat is small. It's like a size of a baby. There's just something sweet yeah. um, when you see a guy taking care of such a small animal. And and so I wanted to make this because it it was just an idea that wouldn't go away. And the idea of it made me happy. And other people I talked to, they would just spark to it. So I thought, well, maybe I have something here. Yeah. I mean, I never would have thought of that. I mean, when I think of like you say, sure, to take care of a cat or any kind of like smallish, cuddly pet um, is is understood. But to the extreme of um, indulging it, when you say yes. you're obsessing over it and treating mm -hmm. it like, I mean, there's this one one of the characters in your film who has, I loved it. He, he opened up the, the um, tr trunk of the car and they're like uh, hundreds of outfits. <laughs> it was so mm -hmm. funny, you know, for people who don't know this world, like, um, to the, like I said, the obsessive extreme, like they would, of course, they were doing social media posting, right? So they had this yeah. idea, but the little hat and the outfits mm. and these different themes for the cat to wear, um, you know, it, does that not have a category in its own? This is not just normal, like caring for cute pets kind of a thing. This is like a whole nother level. Right. Just to be clear, my husband has not reached that level. He does not. <laughs> he doesn't like the clothes on cats. Doesn't like that whole whole thing. But <laughs> okay. But, yeah, but he does love them, and we have we have four of them now. Okay. Okay. All right. So in your film, you have like several characters you kind of weave in and out of and from different places, different um, areas in the States, and you kind of 
um, I guess you do you would you say you center it around the homeless character David who had a cat and kind of had these kind of um, you know challenges and having to take care of it and she when he couldn't even take care of himself I don't know I feel like there are a lot of little um, sub themes that kind of come out from your film that address um, larger social issues such yeah. as um, homelessness or the idea of caring for something or someone that's so much needed and lacking in a lot of kind of um, communities so I don't know yeah and none of that was planned we weren't planning for David and Lucky in New York to be such a major um, part of the film um, they weren't even in the planning of it we had already been shooting um, when I got a tip about um, this man named David living on the streets uh, in New York with his cat and um, someone reached out to me because they thought maybe his inclusion in the film could help him and at first I really was unsure about it um, it didn't really sort of fit kind of the tone that we were going for at the time which but was the, when, what was the tone you were going for oh I was going for way more light light and I fluffy see. and right okay which it is it is it yeah. is cute yes but I you know as you mentioned like some of the more serious threads and social issues were not really part of it it just but it you, you couldn't deny it once it was kind of presented it presented itself so we kind of leaned into it I think with everything also that happened that year we couldn't help but just lean into all of that um because a common a common topic that would come up was the housing affordability crisis mm. I mean it was kind of like on a lot of the guys minds um and what they were going through in their life with the, you know, the software engineer in Oakland who can't, you know, find enough space to live in. Um, and, you know, it was just sort of like, uh, it, it's, it's an important issue because it affects pet owners. They really, you know, mm. um, especially now um, with everything that's happening, a lot of uh, pets are having to be abandoned, right. surrendered by their owners. Um, because rent is so high. Um, they're even yeah. charging pet rent now. Um, what? It's becoming more and more difficult, yeah, to, wow. to own a pet. And um, and it's very, a very sad thing. But yeah. yeah, David was, he was just such a character. Um, so interesting. So, um, yeah, charismatic in a way, very childlike innocence. Yeah. That I just yeah. thought that his story... Um, uh, was so important and yeah. also um, the friendship that he had with another cat dad the cop right that was an interesting kind of yeah and so to have them together I think yeah. was kind of the the heart of the movie yeah um, and how that cat brought them together right from different walks of life and uh, mm -hmm. but you know, I just wanted to address the homelessness because in Hawaii you know it, it's a huge problem as you might know um, and every time I drive and I pass um uh, some familiar homeless people who are in the certain areas, you, you you know, when they kind of ended up adopting a dog, usually, you know, you always see them. Mm -hmm. with a pet, and that kind of the, the fundamental human need for um, a, a little, you know, warmth and yeah, you know, something and, and that's maybe something that um, your film cat daddies kind of um, reminds us of right this the need to have mm -hmm. um, a cuddly friend uh but i'm just going to pull it back just for the sake of um um challenging this idea is that 
some people like to think, you know, we talk about masculinity and, and, and so what type of a person, and again, not reducing it to anything stereotypical, but like, what does it take? What kind of a person does it, does gets attracted and gets consumed with this world of the feline um, species? Uh, are there, are there studies or are there kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, um, histories. I, I have read some articles about it and there are also a lot of books out there and there's, um, uh, you know, photographic essays, but also books about sort of more famous men, you know, like, uh, writers, Mark Twain, Ernest Hemingway, and all of them who, um, loved cats there's a lot of uh they're included in a lot of these books but you know i like to say that you know um these men i don't know like i like to say that these men any man who who loves a cat is kind of like i have an instant kinship with like like he's automatically a friend because i like any man that like loves cats like can take care of them is someone to be trusted, in my opinion, because like I know how how like I know what kind of like what it takes and kind of like what kind of person, and 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 I kind of instantly trust a guy who, you know, who can who can take care of a cat. That's interesting because I'm just gonna um, admit here that I was sharing this fun story, your film, with my daughter um, who's in college, and I guess she's not a cat person, so her first reaction was oh, that's a red flag when you see a guy who's obsessed with cats. And it's interesting to hear that because then there, where did that assumption come from? Like, what are we assuming about that kind of that connection between like a really macho guy and this like, um, you know, and, and it, it is gendered, right? Like, why do we always think of cats as being more feminine? I know um, if you don't mind taking one more quick break, I think we just in this last, last bit, we can unpack a little bit about the gendering of certain types of animals and what it is about um, this, these ideas and these kind of uh, generalizations about the masculinity and what um, men should and should not have in their lives that seem to dictate their you know <laughs> what people uh, assume of them so let's uh let's let's do that and we'll come back and you are listening to um me talking to my on her film cat daddies I'm back here with my Huang, director of Cat Daddies. We were talking just before about, you know, these relationships between men and cats. And okay, so the idea of daddies is already kind of implying this responsibility, this like this real um, ultra care of their cat pets, right? Um, I would have, you know, I, I almost thought like, what is, before I watched her film, when I thought about this relationship between men and their cats, I was wondering or assuming wonder um, whether a lot of these kind of relationships would deter from having outside relationships. Like, would some women be like, oh, I'm not gonna, this is, this is, you know, like my daughter said, red flag, like, is this going to take the place of, of the girl in their lives? But in your film, you have several cases of the characters uh, and they have girlfriends and they have very um, loving relationships between the different kind of connections, right? Yeah, it's interesting for some of the guys having a cat as a deterrent and for some of the guys, it actually helps uh, yeah, kind of break the ice with women and and kind yeah. of help them yeah. find their mate. So yeah, it goes both ways. Well, but, I guess yeah, 
you hear it a lot in the dog world, right? You see like the, you walk the dog in the park and then, um, and then mm-hmm. some girl comes by, right? It's kind of like, that's like, that's the best way to like the, you know, the pickup opportunity. But for cats, mm-hmm. it's really not like that. Cause you don't really walk a cat. Having said that you have like one of the guys who does his hikes and I love it that he takes his cat um, on these hikes with a leash mm-hmm. almost, right? Yeah. I wanted to show that um, cats have a variety of personalities. I think that's the biggest misconception about them and you know some of them are more aloof maybe or maybe um and then some of them are are uh more like dogs they're very very loyal um in a dog-like way and some of them you can kind of do some of the activities that you would do with a dog so i just wanted to show that there is a there is a mix yeah, I've seen somewhere where they have like surf cats out there too. Mm-hmm. Amazing that they can get yes. in the water. But generally speaking, most people, you know, if they're going to, you know, assume the nature of a cat, they're very um, fiercely independent and yes. almost moody. Like, you know, you can't like just cuddle with them when you want to. But you're saying that you've seen otherwise. Yeah. And also, you know, it takes a special kind of guy to to earn a cat's trust. And so Hmm. that's why I was saying earlier, like I have an instant kinship. Like, I I don't know what it is, but it's like, if I, if I find out a guy has cats or loves cats, it's, it's usually like, okay, we're going to, we're going to be friends. I get, I get it. Like you, cause like, (laughs) like you just can't be, you can't be selfish or impatient or, you know, all these things. um, If you're going to have a cat, like you really, it really takes work and investment um a little bit so so and a lot of men a lot of men don't have the patience for that they want instant gratification they want you know instant instant love and affection and and which dogs can give them right like which dogs can give them but cats are a little more more women you're gonna have to like they're like women you're gonna have to be more patient more gentle more you know all these things like calm you know you can't just you know, aggressively grab the cat right, right, <laughs> and try right. to hug it or something like you really have to get its permission, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. so even within the cat world, then can we distinguish the male and female species of the cat, whether that makes a difference in the way they, um, their characters are? Is there is there a gendered nature within the cat? World? I haven't seen a difference. Yeah, it really just comes to whatever their personality is. And it it runs the gamut. Do you believe in the nine lives idea for cats? Or it's just something to that extent? Not really. But I did have a cat fall um, maybe eight stories and survive it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's because they're so soft, their bones, they're so completely un completely unharmed. I just think that they just have a way of landing on their feet. And I, I gotta know, it's really amazing. So what are some analogies that you can make from the nature of a cat that is um, inherently female, if you will, or not? I mean, what are some qualities that you think um, reinforce why we see cats as feminine? It's, I don't Other than the obvious, you know, independent kind of like, yeah, don't touch me when I'm not ready kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. It could just be their size and the way they walk and just just their like their demeanor. They're kind of like yeah, yeah. Almost like a dancer, right? Huh. Their flexibility yeah. and um 
But I think a lot of it has to do with their size and that maybe they don't play fetch and they don't, you know, like they don't play sports, right? They just, they just want to lay on a couch and, yeah, you know, look beautiful. Yeah, um, <laughs> they are. They're dainty. They they don't, like, they, um, they're not going to be like sticking their tongue out, like drooling all over the place. You know, even when they eat, they're so delicate in the way they eat, right? They're not like, yeah, they're like really, a dog yeah. <laughs> But the, the thing is, is that I think there's so many men who just don't, they could actually maybe benefit from a cat rather than a dog, especially if they have busy lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're a little bit lower maintenance than a dog. And, and I just think that there are a lot of men who haven't discovered that they actually might enjoy the company of a cat more than a dog. So. Was there something surprising in the film while you were making it um, that you did not know about cats or men before this? Um, one thing that I was surprised about was I saw a common thread in that the cats really unlocked cre- the creativity side of a lot of these men. So you have the trucker who like never picked up a camera before suddenly gets into photography. Um, the software engineer, uh, I cut had to cut some of it out, but he was so creative and just building things for his cats, hmm. right? Custom furniture um custom sleeping bags for them to sleep in it was very sweet and very surprising but then it also just kind of makes sense but yeah um a lot of their creativity just in the social media like creating videos and say what you will about influencers i really do still admire nathan the cat lady's ability to be so creative making videos every single day um, I don't know how he does it. And then Wait, is that the one where the cat keeps going up and well, and that's yeah. one of them. But then there's uh, the other guy who was in the beginning of the movie with the four cats. And right. Okay. He's yeah, always yeah. Uh, if you follow him, he's always making like just creative little skits yeah. with his cats and little yeah. videos. Um, it takes an immense amount of energy um, and creativity. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I just admire that um, a lot and uh, I'm trying to think what else. But yeah, it's the kind of unlocking of, of that creativity, whether it's artistic or whether it's, you know, more practical and like building things um, right. was. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, was, I wasn't I was surprised by so many of them were it was really unlocked by the cats. <laughs> Okay, okay. That's interesting because, and again, I, you don't, this is not your default way to think about cats. And then you have like the firemen who love just coming back to the station and having that cat there, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so you have all these different um, scenarios where the relationship with the, the men and the cats kind of come out to suggest something. And you've also picked up quite a few awards for this film um, in, in the framing of, of the relationship um, and congratulations. So, what do you think? Um, what do you think led to that? Like, do you think it's the way you framed these, um, these relationships or is it because of a story that people just think like, wow, who, who, who does that? Who does a story about cat teddies? You know, like, what do you think it was? I have no idea. And I was really shocked. We did not make this to win any awards. Um, typically this kind of film does not win awards. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you mm. know, it's usually a it's kind not of like, like a story a, trajectory. It's like kind of like just, you know, an introduction of different story, uh, characters weaving it throughout. Right. With the yeah. Color. Yeah. But 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just touched a lot of people and, and, and maybe they were unexpected yeah. in an unexpected way. And I just, uh, I, I don't, I really don't know. I, I'm shocked every time we won an award. I mean, some of it, some of the awards are audience awards and maybe that's yeah. not so shocking because seeing it with a large audience is, 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 is quite an experience. It's just mm. a lot of laughter. Um, yeah. You know, there's some tears, and and I think that there's just always an a there's an emotional response when you're watching it with a lot of other cat lovers, uh -huh. um, right? So I guess I'm not too surprised by some of those awards, but yeah, but I'm happy for the recognition because it just means that maybe more people will take the film more seriously because I know like with a name like Cat Daddies, that's pretty pretty hard to no, get that's a great title that's what i'm saying it's, it's it's quirky and it makes you think oh what's this all about right so um again for people who are listening um can we remind them of how to watch your film i know it's coming up in the maui film festival um you want to give us some dates yeah so july 6th through the 31st you can catch it online through maui film festival um and then we're working on the distribution path right now and uh, it'll probably be available everywhere to everyone probably by next year. Um, Great, so we're working Great. on that right now. Well, that's amazing. I mean, it's just so fun that, you know, this kind of story came to you and like it, like it came to your husband and just the relationships. Can you leave our uh, audience with just maybe one thought um, or one fact about cats that you'd like to leave us with? Oh gosh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> be anything. Yeah. Um... Gosh, I just don't, I think they're not all the same. And, and one of the, one of the uh, misconceptions about them is that they, they want to live out in the wild or they, that they're wild animals. And really they're not, they, they are much better um, inside. They're happier to live inside. And that's one of the messages from the movie. And we talk about, um, you know, one of the cat dads is a, a leader in the TNR space, uh, trap neuter release and, and, uh, it, it kind of like was a, a problem he saw in his community and he decided to deal with it by by taking it head on himself and just starting the work and starting a nonprofit. Nobody else was doing it. Um, so that's one of the stories and, and I hope it inspires more people. Sort of like, you know, if you see a problem, you know, cat, oh, cat overpopulation problem, that instead of you know trying to find somebody else to fix it, um, you may have to be the one <laughs> to mm. fix it. There are indeed um, a lot of those. I see even in Hawaii, you see these cat lovers who go out there and they feed them in certain places, or they have these set up these neuter things, and yeah. So they they need our help. They're very yeah. susceptible to getting sick and stuff and suffer oh, outside. Okay. So. We need well, to control the population. Yeah, that's a good point. And so thank you for bringing attention to um, the world of cats and, and the relationship between cats and, and men, which is really just kind of a potentially fun but insightful conversation about who we are um, and, and, and in our kind of humanity. So thank you so much and good luck with distribution and um, going forward and screening it in other places. So this is the director of Cat Daddies, Mai Huang. Thank you so much. Thanks, Crystal.